Welcome to the Gut Goddess Show, a podcast for women who are fed up of being tired, bloated, and riding the hormonal roller coaster. This is for you if you're ready to create a better belly and gut health, balance your hormones, and create a more peaceful, happier mind. I'm Kezia Hall, your host, holistic nutritionist, coach, mom to young kids, trauma thriver, science and holistic geek, and this show explores my three-part methodology, the three F's for feeling good, food, feelings, and function. So if you're ready to create pain-free periods or ditch the toilet, food, and IBS drama and just create a normal, joyful relationship with your body and with the food that you eat without overwhelm, restriction, or crazy health obsession, this is the podcast for you and I am so glad that you are here. Let's get started with today's episode. So why are you struggling or have you struggled to create new habits, new routines that you can be consistent with? Why is that a struggle? Why is lowering the sugar or reducing caffeine or the alcohol or the yoga or the meditation, why does that feel like so stop, stop? What is driving this so-called lack of discipline or lack of self-control? That is what we're diving into today. And I know what I share with you is not anything that you will have thought about in terms of this area, okay? So I really encourage you to listen to this. It's an invitation to think about creating habits and routines and to think about how you can create massive change in your health this year in a way that's really different to to anything that you've thought about before. Um, And so it's it's a really juicy episode. I know that this year you can feel so much better than you do right now. I know you can create massive change, I've seen it in my own life, but I also have the privilege of of seeing it happen to my clients time and time and time again. And it's available to you. The people I work with are not like unicorns. They are professionals and busy people and people who have been chronically ill for decades. People that have been to see other nutritional therapists, other nutritionists, naturopaths who've already run tests, who've been to every GP and consultant, who tried all the things, who've been on medication, have done all the things. And they can see massive change. And this is one of the key parts to you actually having consistently healthy habits. So I'm excited to share with you. It's a, it's a, it's a juicy one. Otherwise, how exciting are we? 2024, 224, it equals eight. There's a whole, there's, I, I don't know anything about numbers, but those are all good numbers. I also just turned 36, which I also think is a great number. Again, don't really know much about numbers, but I, those ones feel good. So I'm excited about this year. I am currently in the process every year, uh, end of December in January, I take time to reflect and review on the year past, to really celebrate it, take time just to stew in my own greatness. As pretentious as that sounds, I do, I take time to think about what am I proud of? What am I so proud of? What am I so grateful for? What do I, what in the past year do I appreciate so much about my life? Even if there's been tons of shit along the way, what is the gold? What is the good things? And I also take time to feel the feelings about all the awful stuff as well. Because last year wasn't like a, a bag of roses, bunch of roses, whatever that phrase is. There was a lot of really hard stuff and it's important to celebrate and appreciate the good and also feel the feelings and digest the things that were hard, the things that were brutal. Feelings are like um, food. You've got to digest 
the good stuff, appreciate the good stuff, and then poop out the rest. Otherwise, you just get constipated and you can get sick, emotionally constipated. So you've got to take the good, appreciate all the good things, and then you've got to poop out. You've got to feel your feelings, cry, shout, punch stuff, journal, move. You've got to move that through your body. It's such an important part of it. And it's probably, I'll do a podcast on that specifically sometime soon, because it's really a missing part, I think, of stress management and of regulating your nervous system. And it's really important, especially when you have chronic health issues and gut issues. So I'm in the process of doing that and making plans for the year, what I want to do in my home, our vision for our family, what I want to do personally, like do I want to do triathlons again? Yes, I do. Um, what, what, how am I going to get into the sunshine and want to be in the sun more this year? Like just all the things, what is going to make, what is going to create so much joy this year and expansion and the feelings of abundance and ease and play, um, and all of those kind of things. So that's what I'm currently working on. Um, and I'm also really excited in line of all of this, in line of really creating an incredible 2024 in regulating our nervous system and creating massive change in our health at the end of January, I think it's the 29th or maybe it's the 26th. I'm not sure. The end of January, I am running a free challenge, the free shift challenge, which is a five day coaching experience. But if you join soon, then I will be doing weekly coaching all through January and hosting like little accountability pods. So basically throughout the month of January, if you need inspiration, if you need motivation, if you need support, I'm here. I'm willing to do it for free. I would love to help you. I am totally pumped to do this. If you're looking to create a shift in your mood, in your hormones, in your gut health, in your weight in 2024, join me in the shift challenge. There's going to be a five day challenge at the end of the month, but every week I'm going to be showing up for mini workshops and bonus masterclasses. So the quicker you join, the better. The link will be in the show notes. So you can just go ahead and join there. And I would love for you to join us in that. It's totally free. The challenge itself will have meal plans. There'll be live meditations. We're going to do some workshops together. So if you're feeling stuck or just like a big blob that you know, where you just feel like you're drowning in like gin and tonics and quality streets, this would be a great way to practically reset and to really create consistent habits and change in your life in a really scientific, but also kind and compassionate way. We did it last year. Everyone had a great time. I would just love for you to join me in the shift challenge. So you'll see it in the show notes. Just go put it in your name. It's totally free. Invite your friends and I will see you in there. Okay. Let's dive on with the show today. Today, I want to share with you the thing that is going to help you to see some massive changes in your health and in your mood this year. The thing that you um, that is going to help you to feel inspired and motivated all year long. The thing that you really need to embed into your mindset in order to take consistent action, you know, instead of flip-flopping between being good and bad and on track and off track, this is one of the key things you need to really embody. And it's, 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 you know, I'm not going to tell you what to believe, but I think it's a really, um, it's an invitation for you to take this on board. Cause you know, on this podcast, I talk a lot about technical stuff like gut testing, lab results, how the body works, biology, physiology, chemistry, all of these kind of things. But this 
mindset shift, this belief that I'm inviting you to experiment with, inviting you to be open towards believing and focusing on that using that incredibly potent and powerful brain of yours to just spend literally like two minutes a day thinking about this one idea could potentially change the entire trajectory of your year. And the way that your year changes and your health changes is actually through habits and routines. But in order for you to consistently do certain healthy habits and routines, those habits and routines aren't driven necessarily entirely by willpower and discipline, although those are a key part of it. Those actions, that willpower, that discipline actually comes from a very intrinsic and deep belief system. I am actually a really disciplined person and I also have a decent amount of self-control. And I equate that to being a very belief-oriented person. I am very driven by my beliefs and I actually spend a lot of time reflecting and working on and uncovering A, what am I believing to be true? B, is that true or is that not true? And C, cultivating the beliefs that I actually want to be- to create, that I know are going to create the fruit that I want to create. Because what most people do is they spend a lot of time beating themselves up about the fruit that hasn't been produced in their mi- in their lives. Meaning, I didn't get rid of IBS last year. I didn't lose any weight. I'm still on the medication that really deep down I don't want to be on. Although FYI, there's nothing wrong with being on medication, but everyone has their own goals. I'm still um, not doing regular yoga. I still haven't meditated. You're beating themselves up potentially about the fruit that you haven't produced in your life. The bloating is still there. The heavy periods are still there. The joint pain is still there. You're still fatigued and can't do anything after work. You have no energy. That's all the fruit that hasn't been produced in your life. And you can be beating yourself up about that fruit instead of taking it back a step and looking at why hasn't that fruit been produced. And potentially it's because you haven't taken consistent habits and actions and haven't changed routines, right? But the way that you create consistent habits and routines is actually through what you are believing and the mindset shifts that you have. It was so often, it's like so often what we do, which is mind boggling when we think about it, is we, it's like the equivalent of going to an apple tree or just, no, it's the equivalent of going to a tree, right? And being like, why aren't you producing apples? Oh my gosh, produce apples already. I've been waiting five years, tree. So you're just imagining you're talking to a tree. I'm looking at a tree outside my office window right now. Tree why aren't you producing apples? This is ridiculous. And you may be just really beaten up on that tree. But actually, you know what? The tree outside my office window isn't an apple tree. It's never going to produce apples. So you are never going to produce the habits and routines and the practical, tangible stuff that is going to change your life, change your health, your IBS, your brain, all of these kind of things. If you are not creating and cultivating, if you don't have the right tree in terms of your mindset and beliefs, maybe not the best analogy, but I love staring at trees. Trees are my friend. (laughs) So that's what we're looking at today. And there's various different beliefs and mindsets that I work on with clients kind of alongside the lab work and the nutritional strategy and the lifestyle change and the biohacks and, you know, all of the geeky cool stuff that I get them to do is also alongside that as we have to change some of our belief systems. So this is something that I have just been really feeling a lot in the last couple of weeks. And so I want to share it with you because I think if I'm feeling it intuitive, so much of what I share actually behind the scenes, FYI, sneaky peek of what I share on the podcast is really um, what I feel in my intuitive sense needs to be shared that you need to hear. So I know some of you need to hear this. 
And whilst this idea and concept, you, part of your brain might be like, well, duh, because <laughs> yeah, I really want you just to spend a bit of time. And by a bit of time, I mean like two minutes over the next, two minutes a day for the next week, for example. Spend a little bit of time really meditating on this concept and seeing how open you are to it and seeing how much it resonates with you. Because it's something I've been really learning about a lot the last couple of years. And I wasn't aware that this was a belief that was going on very under the surface. Because this this whole area isn't super conscious. It's very bubbling under the surface. So anyway, let's just dive into what it is because I've talked around the subject an awful lot. But the idea is that you can end your own suffering or said another way, the things that you are struggling with health-wise could, could be things that you are cultivating. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are to blame that we need to feel guilt and shame. Uh, so much of stuff that happens in our life is out of our control. You know, so much of the abuse that happened to me was obviously never something I would choose and it's never something I would ever choose or um, wish upon anyone else, right? That was out of my control. But how I deal with that now, now that I'm an adult in a safe place and that's not happening anymore, how much I allow that initial trauma, how much suffering I tolerate based on that is actually up to me. Does that make sense? So, because the thing that makes me so sad and really drives so much of the work that I do as a holistic nutritionist and as a coach is that so many people, so many women, so many humans are suffering and they actually don't need to. You don't need to. Say you've got IBS and awful heavy periods. You know, it's an option to not have that. So then why do we have that? A, I think sometimes it genuinely is education. People just don't know. That's why this podcast exists. Please share it. Please tell more people that there is option. And now I'm not saying that every single thing in the world is 100% curable and everything, everything, everything's can be just miraculously fixed in a day. No, this can take work. People, clients work with me for five months, six months, a year sometimes in order to fix it. So this isn't like some overnight cure. But most of the time, there is so much you can do to feel better. So if you choose not to feel better, then you are cultivating and allowing your own suffering. And why is that? Why? And, and I say, I don't say this from a judgmental place. I say this because these are questions I ask myself, still ask myself, why am I okay with my own struggle and my own suffering? Why do I perpetuate this through certain habits? Or like even recently um, with, uh, I think a couple of podcasts ago, I talked about my anxiety and say with caffeine, caffeine definitely increases my anxiety. I love coffee, so I still have decaf, but why would I consistently drink a lot of coffee if what if coffee perpetuates my own suffering, meaning anxiety? Same with alcohol. Why would I drink heavily and regularly if it results in my own suffering, I get depressed, I get sad if I drink regularly, I feel sluggish, I don't parent as well. Why would I tolerate that? And these are questions I, I'm asking myself recently. And even as we go into the new year, 
looking at really, this is all like quite deep stuff. This isn't necessarily things you're consciously doing. Like no one's drinking excess coffee to punish themselves or because they don't think they're worthy of deserve. Like they don't think they're deserving of feeling good. But if you keep going a couple of steps back, which is what I'm really good at with the science and with coaching and with my clients is you've got to keep asking why in order to get to the root, root, root cause in order to create change. It's why my clients see like incredible changes, you know, where they have symptoms that they've been living with for 20 years fade in a couple of months because I don't just do surface crap. We go right to the, we look, we go deep, deep, deep into the science, into the lab tests, into the whole thing so that you can change. Because when you go deep, when you get root causes, you can actually shift an entire system. And that is when you see accelerated results with more ease and less effort, which is, that's always what I want. So we've got to just, it's, this is an invitation for you. It's really thinking, let's just use an example of, um, you've got IBS and maybe you've got, um, eczema, and you're on anxiety, uh, you're on anxiety, you've got mental health issues, maybe you're on an SSRI or an antidepressant, or you're considering it. Just use that as an example. So first things first, there is no shame and there is no blame about any of those things happening in your life. In fact, those things, maybe the depression or the anxiety, the IBS, the eczema, is probably a really logical outcome of various factors. So we've really got to detach and remove any blame. We've got to start to look at things in a really detached and and scientific or detective way, which is what I do. This is never about blaming yourself and being like, oh my gosh, I'm to blame for my whole... No, 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 no. The body is really wise and it it will react depending on the environment and the impact in the inputs that it has. Okay, so it's this big whole system, gets lots of inputs externally, it gets inputs internally, and so it's going to respond based on those. So it's really logical if IBS, if you have some adverse childhood events that have never properly been dealt with in your brain, that maybe aren't, you know, affecting you day to day, but they're bubbling away there, your sleep quality is poor, maybe you have had, um, you've spent 10 years on the pill, and you've also had regular antibiotics for UTI infections, for example. All of those things make sense for why you'd have IBS. They would all, we know from literature, they can, can contribute to irritable bowel syndrome. Same, and then if your gut is out of bounds, eczema can play a role in that. Also, we know eczema is affected by stress. You also might be lacking in some nutrient, deple- you might have some nutrient depletions that play a role in eczema, things like omega-3 fatty acids and vitamin A and zinc and all of these kinds of things. So that's some of the practical science that's going on, which is, is as which is just as valuable as this mindset stuff I'm talking about, which is why I'm a nutritionist and a coach. Both are really equal. So this might, just by changing your mindset, isn't necessarily going to get rid of all your eczema, but it is probably going to allow you to take the action consistently that will get rid of the eczema and the IBS. Does that make sense? So this isn't like a just mindset or let's ignore the science and what you eat doesn't matter. No, no, no. You need both holistic, whole system approach. But if you have those things going on and actually at the bottom of that, because of maybe some things that you've been told and some experiences that you have that maybe weren't very helpful and were maybe abusive or just unpleasant, you know, they wouldn't, they just, 
shaped you as a young person, if that has kind of created a belief in you, and also culturally, this is very much encouraged in our culture, especially as women, is as a job as a woman, a woman, you're generally how I've grown up anyway, as a now 36 year old woman, it was very clear to me, even if it was subtly communicated, it was very clear to me that my job was to keep everybody happy. And it didn't really matter what that cost me. My job was to make sure everyone around me was accommodated and that I didn't rock the boat too much and that I kind of fitted in. And that was the most important thing. It was most important that I served other people, that I loved other people, that I put other people first, that I was a good girl, good wife, good person. And actually, that was the most important thing. My own health, happiness, well-being was secondary to that. Therefore, I, I was told to sacrifice my own joy and healing. So it makes sense that that can very subtly become this idea of suffering is okay. It's okay for me to suffer because it's somehow this martyrdom, there's somehow this um, holiness or goodness in my own suffering. You see it in motherhood, that whole mother martyrdom all the time. And it drives me insane (laughs) because I am just cutting that out of my life as much as possible. I have had suffering in my life. And why the heck would I cultivate any more of it? So I am being ruthless, ruthless at anything in my life that is part of perpetuating this suffering martyrdom lifestyle. Now, does that mean I'm never going to serve anyone or love in a really sacrificial way? No, of course, like, of course I am. (laughs) Like, I... Uh, this podcast is free. It costs me money and time to create. This is one of the ways that I serve the way, serve the world and give in a sacrificial way. I literally give my time and my money to create something free for you. And you may, you don't need to pay me anything ever. You may never become a client and that's okay. I mother, you know, I get up at 3am, clean up diarrhea, get puked on. I spent four months in bed with hyperemesis gravidarium, bedridden, in the dark, unable to read, unable to eat, unable to watch anything because I was sacrificially giving love for my twin girls. I wanted them to be safe and healthy and I'm emotional even thinking about it and I'm so grateful that they are. And I, I, I would, you know, like I chose that. That was how I chose to love them. So this isn't that you just become some like, I don't know, <laughs> selfish person that doesn't care about other people, but it's about ending your own suffering. Because when it comes to your health, if we go back to the example of IBS, eczema, and um, uh, mental health issues, nobody else is coming to change those things for you. Nobody else is going to change that for you. No one else is going to really work hard at helping you um, heal your skin, which can happen, by the way. I've seen clients literally send me pictures of their skin, new skin growing back. That happens. No, but no one is going to do that for you. No one is going to come and change your gut health for you. No one is going to come and improve your brain health because FYI, it's, it would be so much more helpful to talk about mental health to, and rather than say mental health, to say brain health. FYI, the state of your brain will affect how you feel in your brain and in your body. Just hands down. That's just the science of it. Anyway, that's a different podcast. I will do it on another day. But no one is coming to do this for you. But it but it can change. So why, why would you continue to suffer? What beliefs do you have that are keeping you stuck where you are, that are stopping you taking that action? And a lot of the time, 
it's around little things like, well, it would put people out. I don't want to spend that money when it could go on the mortgage or the car or that holiday. I don't want to take that time. I can't get a babysitter just to go to a yoga class or do therapy or work with Kezia. Like I need to, oh, my husband doesn't like vegetables. He's not going to be happy if we go gluten-free. Oh, my kids can't, don't, oh, they don't like fish. I can't, we can't start eating fish. Oh, it's about keeping other people happy. And keeping other people happy, if that's your main goal, you will perpetuate and maintain your own suffering and struggle. And you don't have to. And it makes me so sad to witness people um, where their baseline existence is pain and struggle. And they almost don't even know it. So if that's you, if you're just like, yeah, I have IBS, I have eczema, I struggle, I've got mental health issues. And you might be like, but I would describe myself as healthy. No, there is so much more for you. There is so much more health and well-being and vibrancy. You don't have to wake up and feel anxious and want to puke before the day begins. You don't have to be embarrassed about your awful bowels and your farts that clear a room and your constant burping and farting. You don't have to have low energy and zero capacity to do anything else outside of work. You there's so much more for you, so much more. And I know that because I have been in the position where I've been like shitting myself on the toilet and incontinent and unable to open doors because of joint pain and chronically fatigued and in too much pain to run or do the exercise I want. Okay, I've been in that place and now I'm in a place where, oh, wow, I like, I am so grateful that I didn't tolerate some of that suffering. I, I mean, it didn't change overnight. It's not like, oh, bing, I realized this now will change. It involved learning, it involved changing my mindset, it involved practical sport. And, you know, and then I went to uni for a postgraduate <laughs> degree for two years to study everything. But you don't need to do that. You, you just come and work with me and I'll, I'll, I'll do all that stuff for you. For you. Um, but it, it can change this. So, I mean, to summarize, you can feel so much better than what you do now. So why don't you? Like this isn't, I am an optimistic person, but this isn't just my wild optimism. It's also really clear in research. So whether you have rheumatoid arthritis, there's so much you can do. It's clear in research. Eczema, clear in research. Um, uh, cognitive issues. There's so much stuff in research. IBS, irritability. Uh, irritable bowel disease, so much stuff you can do in research, fertility issues, so much stuff, so, so much, so much, so much you can do to feel better in your mind, body, and soul, to sort out your hormones, sort out your bowels, sort, just sort it all out. There's so much you can do. So the question I just want to, I'm inviting you to think about is why aren't you and how, or, or just the question of, are you perpetuating your own suffering? And why is that okay? Why is it okay for you to continue to suffer, to continue to struggle? And do you realize how powerful you are to end the suffering and change it? And do you realize nobody else is doing it for you? No one else is going to come and sort out your health for you. Like nobody. And do you realize what is possible for you that there is so much more. There is so much more available. There is so much you can do to feel better. Even if you don't go into complete remission with your rheumatoid arthritis, even if you don't completely, you know, this isn't about perfection. This is about progress. And I know that you can feel better than you do right now. And 
I get really sad that you don't. Like, that's why I do this. It's, yes, it's a business and, you know, it pays for <laughs> my twin's obsession with organic cucumber <laughs> and all the sardines that we eat, you know. But it's really because I I don't like the idea of you feeling awful in a year's time. Like, that makes me sad. It does. And I know that you can feel better. I know that there's something we can do, even if it's not the 100% perfect solution. There's so much you could do to not be as depressed, to not be as anxious, to have more energy, to have skin that you feel more confident in, to be a weight that feels more you, to not have so much shame about your bowel habits, to... That's just so much. And I really want that for you. I don't think, I don't want you to suffer more. I really don't. And so the question is, do you? And that's quite a deep question. So just sit with that. And over the next couple of days, just take a minute or two every day. And you can ask yourself the question, am I open to ending my own suffering? Show me body, show me spirit, show me God, show me whatever, higher self, whatever you want to do. Show me what are patterns, where are areas in my life where I am tolerating my own suffering, where I am cultivating my own suffering. And just, I just trust that the right things will come up and you'll, you'll see, you'll be like, oh yeah. You know, that alcohol I drink every night, I actually don't love that. Maybe I should just do that once a week. Yeah, that, and then boom, all of a sudden you've got clear ahead, you're helping your liver, you know, all these kind of things. Maybe it's getting some more help like being less busy, saying no to stuff, all of this, any option. So it's my invitation to you. Before you think about goals and plans and other things for the new year, if that's something that you do, then I invite you before you go and try and change the fruit, the habits, the, the, the routines, go way back, go deeper and look at what the things driving that and is it because you are tolerating suffering in your life it's okay for you to suffer if other people are right it's okay for you to suffer if it keeps other people happy or whatever the belief is we you know we all have our own unique flavor okay i hope this is helpful for you thank you for listening i just i i know we haven't probably met in person but i'm just sending you so much love i care deeply for you for your joy for your happiness, for your well-being this year. I care about your womb and your gut and your brain and your heart and your skin and all of the systems in your body. I have a vision that they can be well and I'm holding that space for you. Even if we never meet, even if you never become a client, even if you never give me any money, that is my prayer this year for you. And so I don't want you to suffer and I don't think you have to. I think we could I think we could reduce that by quite a bit this year. So if you're up for it, I'm game. Sending you lots of love. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you haven't left me a review yet, please go to iTunes, scroll down, look at ratings and review and give me a five-star review and leave a few comments. That really helps the podcast to reach more people. And if you want to know more about anything I mentioned in the podcast, you can go to the show notes at keziahall.com forward slash blog. 
And I would love to hear from you if you have any other questions. And please share this podcast with anyone that you know that you find helpful. Screen share it, put it on Instagram, Facebook, put it in your WhatsApp groups, screenshot it, share it with a friend. The more people that hear about this show, the merrier, because more and more women need to know how good they get to feel.